Welcome to the IndyCar Conference Call. My name is Anna and I will be your operator for today's call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. Later, we will conduct a question and answer session. During the question and answer session, if you have a question, please press star then one on your touchtone phone. Please note that this conference is being recorded. I will now turn the call over to Arnie Sherbin. Arnie, you may begin. All right. Thank you, Anna, and welcome everyone to today's IndyCar Media Conference Call. Earlier today, Richmond Rich. Richmond Raceway officially welcomed the NTT IndyCar Series back to Virginia and the Mid-Atlantic region. We're pleased to be joined today by Dennis Bickmeyer, President of Richmond Raceway, Mark Miles, the CEO of Holman & Company, the parent of IndyCar, Jay Fry, the President of IndyCar, and NTT IndyCar Series drivers and former Richmond race winners Scott Dixon of Chip Ganassi Racing and Tony Kanan of AJ Foyt Racing. Uh, we'll welcome everyone to the call and uh, start with a quick question for Dennis. Uh, Dennis, the 2020 IndyCar Series schedule was announced on Sunday, and it included a return to Richmond Raceway on June 27th. How excited are you uh, to bring IndyCar back to uh, America's premier short track in 2020? Well, it's great to have IndyCar come back after uh, you know 10-year absence. And uh, if you uh, watch the live stream today, you could see the energy here in the community. Um, just a great turnout today to, to welcome IndyCar back to Richmond Raceway. Uh, just excited to, to do that. It's been a, a real burst of energy for all of us here at the Raceway, um, and you can see that in our ticket office as well. So that's been a lot of fun uh, for our team up there. But just overall, just the opportunity to, to get have these guys back, uh, diversifying the racing here that we have to offer at Richmond Raceway. And part of that connects to a major renovation that we did last year uh, in our infield, $30 million uh, renovation to the infield. Uh, something new and exciting for the fans to experience when they come back here. And part of that was to get more racing on the racetrack so more people could come and enjoy that that experience. So these guys, uh, IndyCar was a big piece of that puzzle. And uh, we got a lot going on here at Richmond Raceway. We're a multi-purpose facility. Um, but, you know, to have a variety of forms of, of racing and certainly to have IndyCar back, we're just, we're just really happy about that. All right, thanks, Dennis. Uh, Mark, uh, as Dennis mentioned, you guys had a busy day uh, in Richmond already, uh, and you've seen uh, the reaction of the region to uh, IndyCar. But how important was it to IndyCar to get that Mid-Atlantic region back into the uh, list of markets that host uh, racing each year? Well, it's been very important. It, it, um, in my mind, we probably have kind of one other region we want to eventually shore up, but, but uh, being back in the Mid-Atlantic region, um, is a big step toward the fulsome national footprint. But more than that, or as much as that, um, it's been a fun day here to feel the excitement. And, uh, you know, it was fun to see um, fans who have been waiting a long time to get us back and how enthusiastic they are. Um, but also to, to see personally the results of the investment that Dennis referred to. I love the fact that they were largely oriented around the fan. And, you know, we believe that IndyCar offers the best fan experience in racing, and this is a terrific place to show off, uh, not just on the track, but um, before and after the race is what we do. All right. Thank you, Mark. Uh, I know we have uh, quite a few members of the media on the call, uh, so we'll open up for questions for any of our guests. Thank you. We will now begin the question and answer session. If you have a question, please press star then one on your touchtone phone. If you wish to be removed from the queue, please press the prompt sign or the hash key. There will be a delay before the first question is announced. If you are using a speakerphone, you may need to pick up the handset first before pressing the numbers. 
Once again, if you have a question, please press star then one on your touchtone phone. And we have a question from Bruce Martin from NBC Sports. Go ahead. Uh, congratulations, everybody. Uh, this question is for Jay and then uh, Scott and Tony. Uh, there have been some great short track races this year uh, at Iowa and at Gateway. Do you believe that with the current technical package on these cars that the race at Richmond is going to more resemble Iowa, which the Iowa track was kind of designed around the Richmond track, or do you think it will be more like Gateway? Uh, we certainly would expect it to be more like Iowa. Um, and that's one of the things we've talked about a lot today was the, the difference between 10 years ago and today, um, the, the, the direction we've went. So <clears throat> with this current car, it's uh, less downforce. We've got more horsepower coming. If you look at Iowa, the last few years in uh, 17, we still had the manufactured kits that had the high downforce. We had around 300 on-track passes for that event. And then in 18, we had around almost 1,000 with the current car and the current, current configuration. So we're feel good about the direction. Uh, we're going to come back here in October and have a uh, test with Firestone with a couple cars. And we'll come back next March and do an open test with the full field. So we want to make sure we're going to give the fans a good show. And I think uh, we're going the right way. And for the drivers? Um, I think, you know, last time we are here, we didn't deliver what the fans wanted. And uh, since JMR came on board, they've been working extremely hard with Firestone and, and Alara to get the right package. And I believe that uh, we found that, as you guys watched the last two years in Iowa, how the race has been. This track is extremely similar, so I'm not expecting anything less than 800 passes here when we come back. So hopefully uh, I'll pass Scott for the lead on the last lap and <laughs> then I'll win. <laughs> well, we're going for a back-to-back. Only 11 years later. So. No, it, 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 you know, I think the ultimate goal is Iowa. You know, we'll have to see how that progresses. You know, I think there'll be a lot of effort that goes in from, you know, the, the tire tests in October through to March and um, try and create as much margin and uh, in that as possible, but um, it, it could take a little while. We'll just have to wait and see, but, but the goal is to, to have a very similar race as well. And if I could ask one for Dennis Beckmeyer. Uh, Dennis, I know you've always been a real big IndyCar fan going all the way back to your days, uh, you know, at Michigan and other tracks. What's it like to finally get this uh, get this back on the schedule? Well, for one, it relieves a lot of pressure with fans around here because uh, I get asked, I've been here since 2011, and questions I get asked a lot, when's IndyCar coming back? And, and the other one was, when's the truck series coming back? And we're delivering both of those in 2020 to the fans around here. So um, I feel good about that. I, again, I, I just can't say enough about, you know, the, the, the passion that our team has here for motorsports overall. Uh, as you know, Bruce, as you mentioned, I've been in it a long time going back to, you know, shortly after Roger Penske built what is now Auto Club Speedway. So I've been around uh, motorsports for a long time and certainly my early career with IndyCar, but just looking forward to working with these guys again. And I can't stress enough, you know, Mark hit on it with what we've done here with the renovations, what these guys do with the fans and, and what we built, this new attraction in the infield. The two just marry up really, really well. So just looking forward to uh, to selling a lot of tickets and getting people out here and enjoying IndyCar again at uh, Richmond Raceway. Okay, congratulations, everyone. Thank you. We have a question from Robin Miller from Racer. Please go ahead. TK, uh, 
just your recollections of the first three years at Richmond when it, it, it was two it was two abreast racing and it was really really close and competitive and good. Then it kind of went away at the end, and maybe why why what happened? I guess is my first question: is why did that great racing go away there? Um, I think we came here last year. We had too much downforce, and then everybody was running the same lap time. And once you got a back marker, you couldn't do anything about it. So <clears throat> that was a combination of a lot of things, Robin. I don't think I can point it out one thing that made the race like that. But when you go, I remember back here, I mean, we came back, we're going flat out, like full throttle around this little place. It's, uh, you know, and then you go to a race and everybody, you, know, you only a tenth, a tenth and a half from each other. It, it, you can't pass. So I think we need... The tires to go off, or you need last downforce, you need, you know, the cars to slide, then you're going to see some passing. I even think, you know, the side-by-side, I'm not sure. I don't think we had a lot of side-by-side this year because people want to see passing as well, and I think the passing is the most important thing. But I believe the year that we were here last time, it was it was just too much downforce. Uh, Scott said to us on Sunday on television that, he just remembered Sam Hornish being able to run really high out. You know, he ran the high line all day and ate everybody up. So I, that's probably the goal, was just two grooves? I think that's the ultimate goal. And I think a lot of that is the tie. You know, once you, you know, even I were, my races was, and, and many others too this year, I think you kind of, you're searching a lot of the time, right? And then you find something that works and then by the next stint it changes. But it's because the tire is, you know, pretty highly stressed and you're constantly having to, um, you know, maneuver for, for the change. So, yeah, I think three and four will be a lot easier to, to run, you know, side by side. It definitely tightens up a little bit out of two and the banking kind of falls off, but I think that will create opportunities to sort of dive under somebody, you know, going into three as well. So, yeah, I think it's Tony kind of touched on. I think tired dig is really a big thing for great racing, and we see that on road, street, and oval. And, and Robin, just to add one thing at the end, we, we went around the track and it's extremely smooth. So that is actually quite remarkable. Um, you know, if you go to Wyo, it's extreme, it's completely the opposite. It's extremely bumpy. So I think it would be easier to run side by side here just because the bumps obviously make the grip go away. Right. Thank you. Hey, Dennis, one question for you. Was it a tough, what? When we went, every time the IRL went there, I was always impressed that it was NASCAR country, but people came down after the race and got autographs and hung around for an hour or so, and they they kind of embraced IndyCar, which I think surprised a lot of us. Did you was it a tough sell on your end, or or or, or your bosses were they pretty open? Robin, they were they were definitely open, and uh, you know I, I appreciate the work that's gone back and forth between Richmond and Indianapolis. To, to get this put together, uh, and, and Daytona. I mean, it's really that triangle. Um, you know, I worked hand-in-hand with uh, with Joey Chidwood um, and then, you know, with Jay and Steven and then the NTT IndyCar team. But, no, I mean, I, I think uh, you saw it today, or these guys all saw it today, the turnout um, of, of community and business leaders and elected officials who are out here today um, and just the overall excitement to, for this announcement. So, you know, to your point about you know being NASCAR country, I, I think we're 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 motorsports country. We're racing fans here. I think to be the Mid Atlantic home for IndyCar is a big deal for us. Um, there's there are great fan bases. You know, 
and big cities that you can get here really quickly, D.C., Philly, Baltimore, all those places where we're going to go market and really try to tap into that IndyCar audience that's there and get them down to Richmond. And I'll say one thing, you know, they, I'm, I'm glad to hear that the track hasn't changed much in 10 years, so that's uh, that's a relief as well. But I will tell you, the community here has changed a lot as well in Richmond. Um, you know, we're going through just a, a big transition here in Richmond uh, a lot of jobs, a lot of young people that are staying here in this community, living downtown. It's got a great vibe to it, um, and we're really trying to tap into that with everything that we do out here, um, not just our racing. I mean, we're a multi-purpose facility. We've got an amphitheater. We did 15 concerts this year. So we're we're attaching ourselves to the heart of what's going on here in our community. Um, and if people believe in us. Um, you know, our, our elected officials and things, even to the point we got $21 million of road improvements coming to the area right around the racetrack, and we're working on revitalization projects with our county. All these things add up to, to again, what we're trying to do here, and, and, and bringing IndyCar back was a big piece of the puzzle. I tell people all the time, and we've looked at our facility as a puzzle. Literally, we've pulled it apart. And we're putting it back piece by piece, and, and IndyCar was a big big part of that, uh, putting that puzzle back together. Well, I know uh, you and I talked about this for a couple years now, so I know you worked hard at it, so congratulations, brother. Appreciate it. Thanks. Our next question is from Adam Stern from Sports Business Tour. Please go ahead. Hey, guys. Congrats on the deal. Uh, for Mark, does the fact that you guys added a short track for next year and, and then subtracted the Super Speedway mean that that's kind of the, you know, long-term plan and direction for IndyCar in terms of having, like, you know, two Super Speedways with with Indy and Texas, or could that continue to, to change and fluctuate in the future? I don't think it's a pronounced long-term strategy. We think it's generally good balance between the road courses and the streets and the ovals of both types. And um, it just seemed like a, a great opportunity for us for 2020 to be in Richmond, given everything that's already been said. So I wouldn't read too much into it in terms of long-term strategy, um, uh, but we're very pleased with where this leads us on the 2020 schedule. Um, we, we've seen the, the TV ratings this year. You know, Richmond sometimes is in the top five market. Um, you know, this past weekend, Greenville Spartanburg was number four. You know, how much did some of these, uh, you know, your the TV demographics and, and ratings that you've seen about the strong performance in the Mid-Atlantic kind of play into the, play into the decision to come back to Richmond? Yeah, that's a good question. We, we look at everything starting with the racing, and you've, you've heard a lot about that and our great expectations for that. But then you look at the market, and uh, uh, Dennis already mentioned that the, the demographics here uh, are, have changed and continue to change, and I think that's that's all good from an IndyCar perspective. Um, and the television, I mean, they seem to almost always be top five wherever we race, and so we know there are IndyCar fans here, and uh, we have a pretty good sense that, that these folks we're sitting here with know how to get them to the track. So uh, it's just an it's, it's an, it's hard to do, but it's an obvious place to get to. I mean, we, we wanted to get this done, and... Uh, we're glad that uh, we're going to see what happens next year. Thank you. And we have a question from Matt Weaver from Auto Week. Please go ahead. 
Hey guys, congratulations. Uh, my question is for Dennis. I actually have one question and then a follow-up. Uh, what does this do um, as far as your your grassroots weekend? I know you said you guys wanted to have um, a couple of more weekends. Does that affect what you're doing there with the late models and the modifieds and any of that stuff? Uh, no, Matt, it doesn't. And thanks for asking that. Again, that's that's one of those puzzle pieces I talked about. So uh, running the Pro All-Star Series last year, uh, Super Late Models and all the divisions that, that they brought here to run, it, it completely aligns with our strategy to promote grassroots racing. And I think you're very familiar with the uh, Racing Virginia platform that we launched a couple of years ago. Support uh, local tracks, uh, weekly tracks in Virginia to support up-and-coming racers, um, everything that we can do there to to continue to try to help elevate the sport we're doing and um, and very passionate about it. But now that having the uh, Pro All Star Series here and, and we're talking to them about their return for next year, uh, it's an ongoing discussion right now. Um, but that was an important piece of the puzzle as well. Again, connecting back to the grassroots, uh, more people, uh, different racing coming to Richmond Raceway and, and enjoying what we have here. Thank you. And then my follow-up, uh, have you guys gotten far enough along the line to figure out what the companion race is with IndyCar is going to be? Right right now, uh, we don't have any companion race uh, with with the IndyCar series. And at this point, not sure that we're going to add anything. That's just something that we'll maybe continue to talk about. I, I, I'll say from, from our point of view and talking to Steven and working on this, we really, really, really wanted to focus on the IndyCar piece of this and getting it right and getting it right right out of the gate. And um, so we're really focused on a lot of on track uh, with these guys, practice, qualifying, racing. We're going to build a, a celebration of speed around this um, that's going to launch, you know, Friday night, Friday evening when they're out practicing. Um, and then, like I mentioned, there's going to be a lot going on on the racetrack itself but really kind of building uh, a real festival around this. I, I got to tell you, Richmond, Virginia is a very festival-centric town, and that's the approach we're going to take to this race weekend as well. And I think that's what's going to attract, whether you're a longtime IndyCar fan or a casual IndyCar fan, or you just want to try it out, uh, Richmond, Richmonders love their festivals, and we need to build the next big festival here in Richmond, and that's what we're going to do. So uh might be a little different. I don't want to speak for the IndyCar guys, but it might be a little different than maybe what they're doing at some other racetracks, at least early on out of the gate. But our focus is the IndyCar series and uh, and, and building that base back here. Stand for. Thank you and congratulations. Thank you. And we have a question from David Mulcher from Motorsport.com. Please go ahead. Um, well, thank you. Uh, congratulations, guys. Um, kind of following on from what Matt was just asking there, um, obviously, you know, one of the reasons that Pocono was a tough sell was the lack of uh, support racing uh, on on the schedule. Um, with a short oval uh, like Richmond, um, presumably that opens the door to the Road to Indy series, like all three levels uh, being able to to be uh, support events within the schedule. Um, is that a possibility? Because obviously with ovals clearly being a target for you guys to stay on uh, on the IndyCar schedule, 
that um, he, you know it's important to be training uh, the kids coming up through the road twenty ranks on uh, short ovals like this. Uh, is there a chance that all three levels of RTI could actually uh, be supporting IndyCar? Yeah, uh, David Hayes, Jay. Yeah, I would say it's definitely something possible. But one of the things we're going to try here next year is a little different um, schedule formula. So we'll come in Friday night. We'll practice from like seven to nine ish. I would say is the uh-huh. goal. And then on Saturday we're going to come in and practice for an hour, qualify and race. So it'll be kind of a bam, bam, bam type thing to try that kind right. of cadence and formula to see how it's going to work. Um, okay. So I think as Dennis was saying that there's going to be Indy cars on the track a lot, and um, you know the schedule will be somewhat condensed, but it'll be it'll be lots of activity. Okay. All right. Thank you. Sure. Thank you. We have a question from Mark Zappolini from Auto Racing One. Please go ahead. Uh, thank you. Hi, gentlemen, and again, congratulations on uh, this deal. Um, I guess my first question, I have two. One is for, I guess, Jay and, and both drivers. NASCAR has tried using tra- traction uh, uh, spray or whatever they call it um, to open up the top groove on some of their tracks, and I think it's, they've had some success with it. And we've heard a lot of comments with IndyCar and some of these ovals where it's a one-groove track. Has, has that been considered in, or, test, or is there any consideration for testing that to see how that might work? When you have the best tire in the world, you don't need that. So, Firestone makes a good tire, so I don't think... Uh, I, as far as the drivers, I mean, we, we I, I, mean, I represent the drivers in the, you know... I think it's an animal that Scott can talk to about it, but we uh, we think we have a, you know, with Firestone helping us with the tire testing and everything else, I don't think we need any of that artificial stuff to make our race better. I think we have a pretty good idea what we need. Um, obviously, Jay can follow up with that, but I we, we communicate a lot, and I don't think that has ever crossed our minds uh, at all. Uh, yeah, I think actually, like kind of what we did at St. Louis was a, you know, a little bit of an addition of the tire dragon or whatever it is, and laid some rubber on the high line. I think it definitely gave you much more margin, and I actually used it a few times, especially in three and four, because you could run a little bit higher. Um, yeah, I think the approach is probably not something we would be welcome and to. Bridge but, 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 and yeah, we've we never used yeah, it. Yeah, so Iowa, we don't, and we'll try and do similar yeah. things as we do at Iowa. Yeah. Like, uh, yes. Well, they absolutely. That's uh, the intention. Is um, we're, we're quite confident in, in the way the track will race here, based on the data and all the things that we see. And again, we'll come back here in October, and we'll come back here in March um, before just to confirm all of that. Okay. I thought maybe you would have a conversation with NASCAR to see what they thought. Anyway, I'll I'll, I'll leave that. Uh, the second question, I guess, is more for Dennis. Um, IndyCar has had a struggle with you know being successful on tracks that have two NASCAR cups a year, uh, cup races a year. Um, is there any consideration for doing some kind of, you know, package deal with that one of the NASCAR races where they would pay, somebody would, you know, fans, the NASCAR fans would pay a little extra and get get an IndyCar ticket? Is that anything like that been discussed? Well, it hasn't been discussed, but what, I mean, our approach is we, when we just got the tickets on sale, by the way, as soon as the announcer rolled out on Sunday, we, we've been selling tickets for the last 48 hours or so. So, um, but no, so what we what what we're gonna do is because um, we were already into our renewals for 2020, 
we'll go back and, and our season ticket package is called Richmond Nation is we're going back and offering our Richmond Nation members a a really good uh, IndyCar ticket price to add into their season ticket package. So that will be our first pass will be to um, add the ticket into your Richmond Nation season ticket package. And then, um, again, we're going to continue to sell tickets. So, so people that have been buying them have not been our season ticket holders. In fact, we sent them a notice right away on Sunday after the schedule went out that said, we're holding your seats for IndyCar. We're going to come back to a, with a communication to them um, and and then our, our ticket agents as well. Uh, we Our customer service reps, they're Richmond Nation season ticket holders. Uh, all six of our uh, uh, customer service reps in the ticket office have a block of Richmond Nation members that they work with. They're, they're basically their individual customer service representatives. So they know each other by name. They have an issue, they know to call Nathan, they know to call Rob, so they'll be reaching out to those Richmond Nation members uh, individually as well to, to, to try to get them to add the IndyCar uh, ticket to their package. That sounds really good. Thank, thank you very much. We have a question from Stephen Wilson from Speedway Digest. Please go ahead. Hey, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Um, this is uh, for IndyCar Mark. Um, you guys have already talked about you can bring Firestone back and do some testing later on this year, early next year with full field and partial field. Um, when ten years ago, when you guys left, the field was approaching about 170 miles an hour. Is there a target speed that you guys are looking for when you come to these tests with Firestone? No, I have no. There's no target speed. Um, and more boost, right? Yeah. So we, yeah, we're gonna have a little more horsepower next year than what we had, I guess, probably here before. Um, we started that at Iowa this year, um, so it will, it's 50-plus-ish more horsepower coming back. Um, so there's really no target speed. I mean, we'll kind of obviously a lot depends on th- these cars have a lot less downforce than the cars did before. Um, the, 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 the cars are configured different. The tires will be different. So it'll be interesting to see what we'll run. We'll know we'll be uh, um, we'll be fast, but I'm not sure what it'll be yet. And for Dennis, uh, you talked just about the Richmond Nation add-ons. What is that ticket price currently for Richmond Nation ticket holders it, that are looking to it, add on for next year? Yeah, so it's $25 out of the gate to have the IndyCar okay. Series Thanks ticket. Thanks, Dennis. Thanks, Dennis. And we have a question from Robin Miller from Racer. Please go ahead. Hey Dennis, so what about a title sponsor? You you, you you got one lined up? I mean, you almost have to have one in the CNH to make it. Just your thoughts on it? Yeah, Robin, we're working hard on it. Um, talked to a couple of local companies um, that are big supporters of the raceway and have been over the years. Um, so just some some early dialogue. This was a big piece of it was to obviously uh, know that we're on the schedule first and foremost. Uh, get it announced, um, have this opportunity with everyone that's come in today and uh, really showcase what, uh, what's ahead for June of 2020. I, I think some people left here today um, very impressed uh, with what's ahead uh, for us in the NTT IndyCar Series here. It's going to make some of those conversations a little easier. Um, did have uh, one, um, and I think Mark was standing there when, when it was referenced, that uh, 
they want to have a quick follow-up with me, not on the entitlement side, but they, they want to be involved uh, as a sponsor for this event. So, and that was, you know, 60 seconds after we had finished the, uh, you know, the, the, the presser out there. So, I, I feel good about it, Robin. Um, we're going to not look just local, but look for some other um, uh, potential partners who are in the series currently. Um, but we're we're not going to you know leave any rock unturned. That's for sure. Thanks. And uh, I, I know our our guests all have a they're on a tight schedule, so we're going to have to wrap up the call. I apologize to those of you who are still waiting in the queue with some questions. Um, that will wrap up today's IndyCar Media teleconference. This teleconference will be available on a digital tape replay in approximately an hour. Uh, to access the system, you need to dial eight eight eight. 843-7419 or 630-652-3042 and enter the passcode 444-16562 followed by the pound sign. A transcript and MP3 audio of today's call will be available on IndyCar's media website at media.indycar.com. Uh, if you're not a registered user, you'll have to register for access to the website. Um, and thank you for everyone for joining us today. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. This concludes today's conference. Thank you for participating. You may now disconnect.